This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Southey. We are back. Last game of the season, game number 82 versus the uh, Providence, or no, Marley's versus Providence, it seemed. <laughs> but to Sounds about right. Something like that, but tonight... Obviously, Roscoe is not here. Uh, Southey either. They decided to work instead of join us for free. So, bye. No, just kidding. But I'm with our boy Beaner, of course, and joined by special guest known on Twitter as so many names. I mean, one one time it was Can't Believe It's Not Bunting, John Tavares is Underrated, Elite, now the ghost of Rick Vibes Record, a.k.a. TML Fan in Van, a.k.a. Marty Zeltstra. Sorry, Marty. (laughs) That was pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing, man? I'm I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, Beaner had a birthday this week. Whoop, whoop. Thank you, thank you. Tell us about the game, though. No. I got, I gotta ask. You were oh. at that game where Austin Matthews scored number fifty nine and sixty. Just, just give us yes. a glimpse of what it felt like. How was the barn, the barn, and you know. That is, I've I've been fairly lucky. I've got to go to quite a few games in my time so far, and I've I was at the big house in twenty fourteen. For the first Winter Classic, Leafs Detroit, I was at a game one of the Stanley Cup final in 2012. Been to a lot of different games, and that's got to be in the top three for noise. And it was by far the loudest the Scotiabank Arena has ever been, at least that I've been there. And I've been there, I think, seven or eight times now, if you include preseason. Yeah, it was it was incredible. the The MVP chance, like when Matthews got the first one gave you chills let alone when he got the second one <laughs> and shout out shout out to my dad he called it we ordered uh some hot dogs to our seats just before the third period started and he goes look we're gonna get the food matthew's gonna score again and we're gonna spill it all over everybody <laughs> no 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 food was lost but it was it was uh definitely a prophecy that came true wow crazy crazy game to be at that would have been awesome yeah. it was incredible first time I've, w- I've witnessed a shutout live and then obviously seeing matthew score the 60 was was unreal i wish man like that game alone even just sitting at home i (laughs) i was in tears i was just like wow i can't believe i'm witnessing this from you know our our point in life we've been going on time and time again how great this guy is but of course it was the ultimate birthday gift for you beaner so i'm so happy that you got to witness that with your dad and wow and just a FYI oh. to the listeners, that little clip on our last episode in the beginning, the MVP chant, that was from our boy Beaner chanting MVP himself. So thank you for that. I may or may not have had a wobbly pop or two. So <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. And uh, Marty, you know, I tweeted about you this week because you're a leaf lover, you make awesome music. All the great things in one spot. Uh, you you have so much knowledge about the Leafs and hockey in general. You know, I, I see your tweets and uh, I, I I'm I idolize you in a sense that you hold all of this like useful information in my mind. But at the same time, you create the 
the best music. I don't know. I love it. Oh, wow. So you're can, too, you're far too kind. Really, really. No, kind. seriously. I even made a Bandcamp account just to subscribe and show you some support. That's how much. That's awesome. And I have I have a big announcement. Great. I'll wait till the end about that. Yeah, I'll yeah, tell sure. I'll tell you and your listeners before anyone else. This is the premiere. <laughs> but yeah, I, I oh, uh, oh, little plug. Been a Leafs crazed fan for a long time, long, long time. Growing up in Northern Ontario, delivering the Sudbury Star when Dougie was traded. That was a, that was, it was a big moment for me because I couldn't play hockey. I tell everybody the same story, so forgive me if you've heard it before, but I couldn't play hockey. I was a sick kid with asthma, really bad asthma as a kid, so I couldn't go play winter sports or anything because I'd get really sick. Anyway, long story short, I wanted to fit in like – you're just trying to fit in. So you just start following hockey because your friends are into it. And I got really into it as I do with things. And um, the Leafs happened to be really good that year because they hadn't been good for a long time. But yeah. Well, you made the right choice by not changing your team when you moved to Vancouver. <laughs> no, I couldn't. And you know what? When I moved, I lived on Vancouver Island when we moved out here in high school. And it wasn't a big deal there. But when you, in the mainland, in that time period was kind of like the Luongo time period and yeah. Vancouver Canuck fans are really passionate. I give them credit. So kind of like the sense fan who was going at me this <laughs> in the last two days in my comments, <laughs> like what a guy love him. But um, yeah, Canucks fans are pretty wild. They're pretty wild and they don't like the Leafs for even yeah. though they're, their coaches, um, a former Leaf. Of course. <laughs> Did you guys see uh, um, there is a player, I, I'm going to mispronounce his last name, Pol, Polins, Polinsky or, you know, the Russian kid? Pod. Uh, Pod. Pod. Yes. Pod Polson? Yeah. Pod. I, I'm not getting it right either on the spot. <laughs> he was asked after the game yesterday, uh, what's his favorite English word? <laughs> you know what his response was? No. Um, he said something or um, Bruce, there it is. Oh, <laughs> Love it. I thought that was really funny. Buddy of mine was at that game where they started that chant. He was kind of in the mix of it, like so. He said it was pretty amazing. They still nice. didn't make the playoffs, so screw that. Which brings us to Matthews. You know, <laughs> if you think about the sixty goals, like the the journey to sixty, like the year, the year that um, Shanahan uh, fired everybody on what was it, April twelfth, two thousand and. 15 was it or 14 um that's what caused the uh the team to finish last and then get matthews but that uh man what an incredible foresight to to make those moves and i don't think they thought matthews was going to be as good as he has turned out do you agree do you remember that do any do you guys remember that time Uh, yeah um it's tough to say because We've had we've been ridiculously lucky in the NHL over the last even ten years, you could say, with players who are turning out to almost be generational talents to the point that we almost have to start redefining what we call generational talent. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, when Matthews was coming up, and when he chose to go over and play in Europe, that was a a, a big move in my mind because he was playing so well at the United States developmental program that it would everyone that he was talking to and everyone that was advising him was telling him it would be beneficial to play against adults mm. a year sooner than everyone else right so 
yes, he had high potential. I don't know if it was to, to this point because like 60 goals is special. Only two other players have done it since the the first lockout, right? And we're we're witnessing history. As much as we say it all the time, it's just it's so refreshing and so nice to be able to say that and that it's on our team. Yeah, <laughs> well, like what it means for the Leafs, I think, is missed on maybe even the entire NHL because people just think about the the Leafs as everything's about Toronto all the time. But what they forget is well. Sundin, Sundin was a great, great pl- hockey player. And Phil Kessel was a good hockey player. And Andrichuk and pick a guy out of the hat from the 90s. Wendell Clark was a great hockey player. But none of them scored 60. And none of them played on a team that consistently went to the playoffs and consistently um, beat their own records and points. You know, that's a, <laughs> it's a big deal for the team. So I, uh, yeah. I think that Matthews brings... Um, respect to the to the team and that's where it leads us to tonight with boston versus toronto boston trying to lose on purpose (laughs) any thoughts on that it's it it, it's comes to show how far the leafs have come right like the bruins would not that they did this on purpose but they dressed a lot of their their core you would call it or a lot of their regular team and Oh, that just happens to be beneficial because if they lose, they don't play Toronto. They play a team who just found out that their starting goalie is probably done for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, not that Carolina is going to be a pushover regardless, but I would much rather face Auntie Ranta than Frederick Anderson. Auntie Ranta is actually injured right now as well. They've been using a. Uh rookie goalie called up i don't know how long this injury is supposed to last and obviously freddie's going through his yearly playoff injury poor guy right you don't want to see it but yeah i was completely shocked um just because obviously as leafs fans we want them to take the point and then we win an ot or the shootout and tampa lose of course but yeah, being without Marshan, Pasternak, Bergeron, Hall, Halla, Grizzlick, McAvoy, Lindholm versus just Matthews, Marner, JT, and then Campbell, who's glued to the bench. You know, he's not coming off that bench. Um, was a little surprising. And just speaking in fantasy terms, who knew drafting an elite, elite team would fuck you in the finals because all of the stars don't play the final week <laughs> in fantasy. But yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, I had the feeling Pasternak or Pasternak got his 40th goal last night. Bergeron got a Hattie and they were like, see ya, mission complete for the regular season. <laughs> Bring Which is, the playoffs. You know, that's it's interesting you bring that up because if Marner had played, he might have got three points tonight. So Exactly. Right? He they, they don't care. They don't care. They're they're they know that there's like the the narrative with in all and hockey players kind of are built on narratives and cliches in interviews, but I do think that the language is a little bit different this year. Mm-hmm. Talking about there's work to do, there's work to do, there's work to do. And I think that in pre prior years, I think maybe the that that moment in all or nothing when joe thornton says look at the standings coach well Mm. i don't think any of the players in the leafs this year are saying that i think they're kind of they knew what the goal was 
Yeah. Not that winning a round is a goal, but at least it's a start towards a championship. So hopefully, hopefully we get there. Tampa is going to be a yeah. challenge, but yeah, for for sure. And um, Steph, just you know, Rant actually did play last night. Oh, awesome! So okay. he's yep, he is back. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I as much as I've come out and I've said I wanted the Bruins, I still I'm not scared of Tampa. Mm-hmm. Because yes, they have Kucherov, Point, Stamkos, you name it. But we have Matthews, yeah. Marner, Nylander. It like finished way up there in points. He just had two beautiful goals tonight. It's not like the Leafs don't have the firepower to go against it. And yes, they picked up some pieces at the deadline, Hagel and Paul. Well, Hagel's running off an incredible shooting percentage right now, which isn't sustainable. Nick Paul has never been this consistent in his life with how well he's been playing with Tampa I'd be willing to run our third second and third lines for sure against their second and third mm-hmm. I think we have a lot of um, what really comes down to is Vassy versus Campbell in my opinion it does and I think people forget that Jack Campbell last year he won the record for most wins in a row by a goalie he's a great great goalie that when times got tough this season, it was exactly at that point where he was like reaching the most games he'd ever played. And then on top of it, a COVID-19 shutdown. So it can all be explained rationally and reasonably. I think that, and then he had an injury as it turned out. So, and then he comes back rested and he, he plays lights out. He is un, unbeaten since he came back. So I think yeah. that, uh, I think Toronto getting the best team possible plays into their strengths because I think they seem to get up for those games. Um, Montreal, Mm -hmm. everybody knows the narratives last year with Montreal. And I think part of the problem was they, they underestimated Montreal. They underestimated Carey Price Mm -hmm. by too wide a margin. And then obviously uh, Corey Perry's um, um, failure to, to move his feet (laughs) away from Tavares head. Speaking (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah exactly us. and we didn't have we didn't have the depth we do like i think we are a deeper team this year oh 100 and jack campbell just to finish the year he is um 31 9 and 6 this guy does not have 10 regulation wins on the season i've been repeating myself all season long jack campbell is elite um he obviously had a stretch where he was injured or whatever happened during that you know, the all-star playoff time period, but obviously he bounced back, especially in these difficult situations. We have guys like Shalgren jumping up, but anyways, let's, let's jump to the game guys. Uh, I know there's lots to talk about, of course, talking about Boston and Toronto of, you know, the season series alone, uh, it's 11 to six for Toronto and we swept them this year. When was the last time we could say that? I don't think we ever have. Maybe since the nineties. I don't I'm not Elliot Friedman, but I'll (laughs) I'll defer to the experts, but I don't think we've ever swept the Bruins. Yeah. But uh first period though, Fedrick opens up the scoring and this guy was playing on the first line. The lines were completely wonky tonight. Uh just pulling it up here. We had Mikheyev Kerfoot Blackwell on the first line, Nylander Kampf Ingvall. Clifford, Spezza, Simmons, Abruzzese, and Anderson. Then we played uh, 7D for once, so that's a new thing. But uh, Frederick opens up the scoring 110 into the period, and 
this play, the Leafs looked like they were not trying. They did not try to get the puck off the board. Smith easily carries it right around, passes it in front, and Camp is standing right in the crease. Called Chalgren super deep in the net, and Frederick just digging at it, and it slips right in. Weak. This but. was a bad game by Camp. He looked a little off because he was sliding up. I think that's what I. That was my eye test. Yeah, a, a little more. Maybe just get inside his head a little bit, right? Thinking he's got to provide the offense because of where he's playing in the lineup and not not just doing what he's done all year. Because if he just played his game, that's all he really needed to do. But maybe just got ahead of himself, right? Like, oh, I'm 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 being relied upon in a really only on paper, a larger role. So I need to do do things differently, do things that Tavares or Matthews would do, which he's not that type of player. He's a great player, but he's not that type of player. Yeah, I agree. I think everyone kind of stepped up tonight. Camp had a few bad scenarios happen around him. I think he was still solid, but one guy I was really, really surprised with was Clifford. They said his name a lot tonight, and he, he actually played well. What do you think, Marty, about that? Well, he's trying to get game one, right? And I, I if I'm a strategist, um, I wanted to actually tweet Jack. Do you know who Jack Han is, the former video coach for the, for the Marlies? Yeah. I follow him on Twitter. He's fantastic. But I wanted to ask him, how many staff members right now for the Leafs organization are right now going through all of the goals against Vasilevsky for the last three years? Like how, and analyzing them and making reports and videos, cutting them up for the for the team for Sunday because they're probably going to have a a huge practice on Sunday and then do a team meeting after probably I would think maybe, um, but yeah I um, it's interesting it's very interesting wildly <laughs> yeah, interesting for sure um, go ahead Bean a, a, another a, another thing like over the last couple of weeks there's been a handful of games that were talking on the cast or even texting in our group chat and we're questioning well why are these guys on a line together why did he stick with this why is he juggling the lines like this has Keith been playing like 4d chess all season oh yeah and watching what teams have scouts at the game like hey we might play them in the playoffs so that's not ice our best lineup we know what they do let's mix the lines up so they're seeing this and they're thinking oh okay their third line's really weak because they're not playing good tonight this it could just be be me spitballing and and you know making lemonade with apples but <laughs> i think kyle thinks like that honestly um when i watched all or nothing i was surprised at how in the room he thought he said kind of things that we like the three of us would say about the leafs about the team well what about this and what about this but i thought clifford i think if i'm keith i play clifford Spezza Simmons as the fourth line for game one only. And I do that only because of the muscle. Um, mm-hmm. Bieksa was right a few weeks ago when he said um, that it was the right thing to do to play. I don't even, whatever game it was, it kind of got out of hand. It wasn't the Tampa game. It was before that where eventually um, Clifford had to fight. And once the fight was over, then the other team settled down and the whole game kind of moved forward. But, yeah. I think with the 8-1 game, you have to have muscle in the first game to set a tone that we're not going to be pushed around. And that was what happened in the first Boston series with Kadri. I mean, he was it just somebody ends up doing something stupid and then they get suspended 
in Kadri's it's a terrible example because I don't think that that's going to happen. But if Clifford gets suspended, we don't care, right? We've got depth, got guys. But maybe that's why he yeah. was playing because he's he's been told prove prove your worth, buddy. <laughs> you know, get out there and <laughs> give us a reason to play in game one. But I don't know. It's hard to. Well, say. I, I, what do you think, Beaner? Do you think they're going to play the muscle for game one? Set the tone. I think probably. Um... As much as I hate to say it, that probably means Blackwell sits game one, which, yes, he hasn't shown up a ton on the score sheet, but I've been really impressed with his game. Um, but I think you're probably right. That's probably going to be the fourth line. A little node to, well, maybe Spezza doesn't play center. I, I'm going to kind of change here. I think maybe Blackwell will stay in. Blackwell centers that fourth line with Simmons and Clifford. And then they'll maybe rotate Clifford and Spezza out or Cliff or Simmons and Spezza just to kind of rotate the veterans through. I don't think you'll see that fourth line stay the same in back-to-back games. Kasha, does he come back? Just they say as much close. as I'd love to see him back. Yeah, he, he was in a non-contact jersey um, the last I saw, but that that's the same with the Muzzin thing, right? You you got to start. I love Muzzin. I love Kasha. I want them both to be healthy. The team is better when they're on the team. But at some point, you got to think with concussion and head injuries, you got to start worrying about your quality of life. Like, I know I'm not a doctor and everything like that, but yeah. it, it gets scary. Yeah, no, Kasha is a weird one because we don't really know. He didn't play this game. If he was close, why wouldn't they just play him to see what he's got to build up his confidence? And then, yeah, he was good. Let's He can play. He's healthy. He's got clearance. Put him in game one because he is a good player. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a lot of speculation on what the lineup will look like. I think we kind of know what the first two I, bunting they're sitting just because it's load management. They're like you, you're fine, buddy. I just sit him. But yeah, yeah. Kasha is kind of a weird one. Same thing with Sandine. Nobody. It's kind of and the other one is Mrazic. Where are these? What is Shalgren our backup for round one, or is Mrazic sitting in that seat? some point i definitely think um sorry for cutting you off there i definitely think shalgren's gonna be our backup i don't see mrazic coming back anytime soon probably tell him to work on his game over the summer and come back for the pre or yeah for the preseason training camp next year Mm -hmm. sandine i honestly think if it wasn't for the progression from lilligren basically since giordano showed up sandine might have been back a week or so ago right because he's been skating for a little while now and i think in management's eyes they kind of see him as a little bit of a step ahead of lilligren but with how the decor has been playing since bushkin and giordano have come in i have not felt this confident in a leaf decor in a long time Mm -hmm. and as long as a certain defenseman isn't on the ice and i don't want to throw his name under the bus again because i've done that enough this year then, then I'm fine with it because we, if Muzzin's playing how he's played since he's come back from his most recent injury, I'm happy with him in the lineup and you can get some really good D pairs together. Like that decor when I was at the game on Tuesday, on Tuesday against Detroit, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. It looks um, like the best they've had in years. Certainly since, uh, yeah. yeah, the, the mid to late nineties. Uh, not the late 90s, the kind of early 2000s, if you will. 
Yep. Great problem to have. We have so many guys ready to go. I mean, we have five full forward lines plus one and then four full D lines plus one, if all healthy. Um, Cache and Sandine, now that you bring it up, Keith said that they're close, but I really, really wanted them to play one or two games, Marty. I totally agree with you there. I think they need the reps before just jumping into the playoff games. But uh, another guy that's been impressing, if we're talking about physicality, Ilya Mikheyev has been stepping up a lot recently. The sneaky, sneaky snake. Speaking of the snake, he's the next one to score on the power play uh, after McLaughlin slashes Giordano. It gets reviewed for a double minor, and it is a high stick as well. And wow, what a blast from Gio and Mikheyev to get the stick on the doorstep there. So happy for the kid. 21st goal of the year. This guy's getting paid. Do you, do you think that Mikheyev, his backhand move, that because he, he's kind of doing the same move all the time, and I love it, by the way. I'm, somebody obviously coached him and said, you just need to perfect one move, and then you'll <laughs> score more. I swear to God, I swear, somebody just said, listen, Ilya. You just need one move. Perfect that one move, and instead of scoring zero goals, you'll score five. And he's he's literally done that, and it's been fantastic. Yeah. He's uh, he's evolved, and the the physical element is like with Riley. I don't re- really remember him doing that kind of stuff last year, or the year before, and Marner hitting, and I don't know what's with this team. It makes no sense. It's awesome. Uh, it's sorry, Steph. I th- I think it's the natural evolution right you they came into the uh, they basically all came into the league together except for riley he's been there forever um come in as as kids with all this skill this raw talent you light the league up get points get goals have fun make the playoffs not expected to do much get eliminated and then you see them slowly progress into last year where they had a a very good chance they had a good path to get to the final four and and it didn't work and you saw the emotion Yes, we ripped, or I specifically have ripped on Marner because I felt like that playoff series against Montreal, he didn't play that great, especially that last game. And you saw the emotion afterwards. He genuinely loves the team. And he's seen, hey, if I continue to do only what I do in the regular season, it's not going to be enough. I'm going to have to do that a little bit more. It's like the stories when you hear the the Oilers of the 80s talking because they had the series against the Islanders that they lost when the Islanders won the cup. And then they played them in the final again the following year. And that's when Edmonton won their first. And you hear Gretzky or Messier, anyone talking about it, you could walk by the Islanders dressing room and you had bossy, you had Trache, all the, the stars, not just the fourth liners. You had the stars icing their legs, their wrists, icing everything just beat to crap because they knew, okay, yeah, I may have scored 50, 60, 70 goals in the regular season and I'm still expected to score and to provide what I provide, but I also have to block that shot. I also have to make that hit. I have to make sure that the guy coming down on me trying to score on us, I may be able to take the puck from him, but if I can take the puck from him and maybe give him a little stick or give him a little shove just to kind of piss him off and get him off his game, I'm going to have to do that. And you're slowly starting to see that evolution with Marner with Riley Matthews has kind of sort of always had it even his rookie year he'd throw the body now and then just I think he's being a little more consistent with it Mm -hmm. and some of that might even be bunting yeah having that that pest type player on your line right 
and seeing that he's doing that night in night out. doesn't matter how many times he's getting cross-checked. doesn't matter how many times he's getting chirped at, yelled at, whatever. He still does it. And that may have been one of the best best additions to the team, like, at all. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see Bunting being as good as he's been. And I didn't see Micaiah being um, this new level. And Pierre Angval, there's another guy. He got, he got, did he not get the goal, the fourth goal? The empty he got net. the empty, the empty netter. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that he's uh, 12 goals for him on the season, something like that. 15. 15, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, our draft here, 15 goals on the season. Wow. Honestly, I would give him my vote for most improved leaf um, from a previous, from the previous roster. That's just me. But also William Nylander, this guy, when we're talking about maturity, he straight up said to me, you know, I reviewed a couple of my tapes from when I played like shit to recently when I'm scoring and just to see what's going on. And they asked him, so what was the moment that changed? He's like, honestly, I just didn't like how I played. And, you know, slow clap for Nylander because if you would have asked me a couple years ago, would this guy do that? Probably not. And probably not even last year. Like, I think this guy has grown into a man, finally. You know, he, does, he's not, he doesn't have that little boy mentality. And the confidence is there. And we definitely saw it tonight. Um, if he can bring that to the playoffs. And I mean, he was the best player last year in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. But if he continues to push and all of these lines click, wow. This team is deadly. Yeah, I I really like Nylander on the especially on the third line. I think that's a matchup uh, that Keith could win against Tampa because um, Tampa's first line versus our first line, it's going to be pretty pretty well even, right? For goals for and against. So the the yeah. wild card is actually William Nylander into to a certain extent. So if they can keep him down on the third line, and the other the other thing I would really like to see I'd really like to see camp on the fourth line but and see what it's kind of mix it up you can mix up the bottom now because there's so many yeah. serviceable players who play really well together which is nice I think that's that's our advantage this year more so than last year and everybody underestimates us like the that stupid oh, yeah. <laughs> that stupid LeBron article did you read it oh god <laughs> the executives who say what's Toronto's weakness their forward depth I don't know yeah, I think our weakness Speaking? is in net. Our our weakness is uh, goaltending depth. Yeah, yeah. Um, Elliot's a better thing. goalie than Shulgren, um if Vasi goes down, right? But yeah, um, he's beatable though. But speaking mm-hmm. of camp, as you just briefly mentioned him, I got a little scared in the first period when the puck hit his hand and he went straight to the bench there. That was a little scary because you need this shut down third line center to play like this guy to me is unscratchable uh he even though he doesn't show it on the score sheet he does all of the little things right most of the time tonight was yeah but usually he's more solid so i was really happy to see him come back and um back to Nylander scoring his 33rd of the year and later on he gets his 34th found it a little funny uh, a couple weeks ago he already thought he had 34 on the year this guy has been so confident (laughs) but he just got the 34th tonight and um 
one more thing just to end the period. Um, Abruzzesi scores his first NHL goal as a Leaf or in general. Yes, first NHL goal, guys. I thought this guy wouldn't even be playing in another game after a couple weeks ago. You know, I thought he wasn't um, NHL ready, but I'm curious to know what you think, Marty, about this this kid. I, you know, I you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I. I think they were probably showcasing Robertson before the deadline. And cause he has, he's just mm-hmm. played the one game since. So um, yeah, average AZ is, um, has looked okay. They, uh, Keith said, I think after the Detroit game, every time he watches that rewatches the tape, when he touches the pocket, go, it's always going to another leaf. Yeah. Is I think the quote from Keith about him. And to me, he's looked just to quote Randy Carlo, just okay. <laughs> I don't think he's, he's looked okay as a rookie. I think he's, he'll play for the Marlies next year and then he'll come up for maybe 20 to 30 games and he'll, he'll be great. Maybe he'll even pull a Lil Grin and dominate by the end of the season next year. But I think he's a great piece and a, probably a good third line piece moving forward and probably going to take, you know, if we lose um, a KF to, uh, free agency or something. I think we've got options now, thankfully. And Kasha, yeah. if we lose a guy like him, we've got depth options with Nyes as well. So, you know, it'll be interesting yeah. to see with him. But I, I, I thought it was great to see the kid get a goal, like really from a practical level. Yeah, he got his first goal. Good for him. He's played in the, he was in college and now he's scoring NHL goals. What a guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's always fun to see stuff like that, and and I agree. He'll probably spend the majority of the year next year with the Marlies, and that's fine. He he's the skill set player that you would want on a, a third at worst, maybe even a second line. Not that I think he like. I'm not saying he's going to be a second line player at all. He might be. He might not be. We obviously no one knows, but I think maybe the limited minutes he's getting on the majority of the time the fourth line is probably just to kind of get his feet wet right mm-hmm. get him used to the speed of it the size of the players he's going to be playing against and he hasn't been horrible but yeah to quote you and carlisle he has been just okay <laughs> yeah. um and speaking to the entering announcer mike ross when i was at the game on tuesday it's abru jay almost like there's a j in it okay so well, he uh he, he he filled me in on that when i was chatting with him nice the uh Italian side of Leafs Twitter has sent me multiple voice recordings on how to say this damn last name. And thank you, everyone, if you're listening. I really appreciate it. So every time I say this kid's name, I'm just trying to do my best impression ever, but it's a complete fail, I know. <laughs> if a, if a Dutch alphabets. hockey player ever gets to the NHL and plays with the Leafs, I'll help you out. No. There we go. Yeah. But our go-to, Nikki Alphabet, because why the fuck not? Yeah, well, that's great. There's so many Italians on the team. And yeah. shout out to the Italians in the tr- GTA, man. That's awesome. It's and not the same. Who? who? What? Oh, I was just going to say, random, since you brought up Dutch, would uh, Mike Van Ryan be the last, the, or Van Riemsdyk, I guess, would have been the last Dutch heritage anyway? JVR, yeah. He's Dutch. To, but Pennsylvania Dutch, team. so that doesn't count. No, yeah. I'm Does joking, guys. Don't, don't DM me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't born in Holland. Isn't that weird? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, no, glad for, I'm happy for the kid. Obviously, like you said, Beaner, it's always a feel-good moment. You want to see people succeed, especially the last game of the year. You're trying to rack up points. You're trying to make your stats look nice. I mean, he didn't even have an assist in the last four games he played. He so, had one, and then it got taken away, right? That one goal. From yes, yeah. exactly. And uh, another young guy I was actually surprised to see come up. Um, who was it? Anderson. Uh, Anderson, yes, yes. Uh, He's obviously played his way up into the lineup. Seven points in the last five games with the Marlies. Um, Obviously hasn't had a success story with the big club yet. Uh, He's had a couple of chances. No points in four games, but 42 points in 56 games played with the Marlies. This could be another sneaky piece if needed in the future of a deep playoff run. Yeah, he's a good player. He looked good. He almost scored tonight, actually, in tight. Um, he's a good player. I think that – who did he play for, New Jersey? Ten games or something last yeah. year? Yeah. yeah. I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been up a couple times and looked great. And yeah. you got to have these guys in your system, guys who can kind of replace. Like Blackwell is kind of like a player like that, where Joey Anderson could be a Blackwell or, or Nikki Alphabet, as you call him. <laughs> You know, you need these guys who can do it all kind of Swiss army knives. That's what Kerfoot, I think Kerfoot for me is, I'm going to just throw a hot take and say that Kerfoot for Kadri was actually a good trade because Kerfoot can do it all. He can play on the left wing. He can center the third line. He can kill penalties. He chips and goals. What did he get? 50 points this year. Yeah, he does it all. He He's, literally is the Swiss army knife of the team, right? And same with Kashe. I find he can do it all too, whether he plays on the first or fourth line. But, but he's, the he's injury not a centerman. bug is there. He's not a centerman. That's, that's, the that's secret, right. right. Yeah, he has the three position eligibility with the Kerfoot there. But yeah, exactly. just moving on to, for the game, uh, no goals in the second period. Um, one, let's see. Uh, no, nothing really. You know, Riley, out of all people, like we mentioned earlier before we started recording, went after a guy, something we don't usually see because the ugliest fucking cross-check to the numbers by Nosek on Lilypad here, completely unacceptable. Leafs Nation is pissed. We do not want to see Lily go down, especially last game against the Boston Bruins. We had Morazic injured after allowing one goal on four shots. We had Labushkin injured. We had Hall take that puck to the face. So the goal of this game was to not get injured. And of course, what do they fucking do? Straight on the numbers, face diving into the boards. That's Bruins hockey though, right? <sighs> yeah, but luckily, luckily he's going to be—he's totally fine. And this is—I yeah. was—I tweeted immediately. That's a suspension, but there won't be, be one. There won't be one, but it, it a, should. But yeah. yeah, but it ends up being four on four because Riley gets the roughing call of uh, alongside the cross check. Onto the third period, Nylander scores once again his second unassisted goal of the night on a rush. Oh my god, Willie just activating at the perfect time. This is exactly what we want. He looked like the best player on the ice the whole night. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wasn't even close. The, the, the confidence on this second goal to <laughs> to get it back in the center, to go to the left-hand side and to just, nope, cut inside like that. It's not like it was wide open. There was players there. That I love seeing players, not that he's not one of the core, but 
other than Matthews, Marner, and Tavares show that kind of, you know what? No, I'm just, I'm going to do this and you're going to have to try and stop. Yeah. Yeah. The Bruins didn't have an answer for the Leafs tonight at all. I mean, they, they're missing their top D pairing. So. Yeah. Willie but, literally brought this puck into the zone, waited, waited. He said, fuck it. I'm going to do this myself. Took the puck away from the opponent and rushed in, scored the goal. And one man. Yeah. Shot. That. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Whew. But, that's why uh, people hate. I think that's why people hate the guy at Leafs, like the quote, you know, a section of the Leafs nation because yeah. he, uh, he looks so good on a game like tonight. And then other then he, you don't see him for five games. Not that, that I don't think that right. pr- prior seasons, I think he's actually been had a really, really, really good season um, this year. But I think the fans feel that he if he put the effort in every single night like that you know he he's a huge difference maker with a a team full of difference makers he's also a difference maker so well it's it's the um alexei kovalev situation right like you no offense steph marty would probably remember him a little more than you would um kovalchuk kovalchuk's the the same right kovalchuk yeah but like kovalev there's quotes where Gretzky said that he was the most talented player that he ever played with. And, and, and that's saying something. Kovalev had immense skill, endless skill. And when he wanted to, when you woke him up, you weren't stopping him. But he didn't do it every game. He could play all 82 games. And he might do it for 10 and then just be mediocre for the rest of the season, right? But even, yeah. I mean, even Ovi last game, he's a dangerous hockey player. He can score, but... You can't like you can't do it all every game. So mm-hmm. the, you're going to get touches in a game, and then some games you're not going to get touches, and that's just the flow of a hockey game and sort of the luck aspect. So I think part of it is that it takes takes some time, and it, yeah, sometimes you're going to dominate, and sometimes you're not. Willie dominated tonight, and it wasn't even close. No, it it wasn't, and that's when you have to like when when you're talking about sometimes you're going to get touches, sometimes you're not. That's when you have to get the right mindset and, okay, hey, I'm not getting the passes tonight or when I get them, it's not going my way. I got to do something productive. I got to be a benefit to my team when I'm out there. I can't just be filling in minutes. So that's when you need to do the shot blocks or the crazy back checks and stick lifts, like every little thing that you can do to make your time out there worthwhile. And then it's like the whole cliche of the hockey gods right you do the little things right and it's going to start going your way i think a guy like maybe and sorry to cut you off i think a guy like marner and i just so you know i'm a huge marner truther (laughs) i think he (laughs) the way he plays defensively i think is an example of that if you play a defense first mindset using your skill then you will be able to convert to offense quickly and get the chances and i think that that's one thing willie maybe hasn't really understood about his game, but he is being coached better. And he can still dominate if you don't have the defense first mindset that somebody may be more like Marner or Matthews is a better example, actually, even than Marner sometimes. But um, yeah, if if Willie added more of a 200 foot element to his game in the next year, unstoppable. That guy's unstoppable. This is maybe me, me wishing here. Um, But I would love, like absolutely love it if we could see Nylander develop into like a, a Marion Hosa light, hmm. right? Like you're, you're 30 goals, but responsible anywhere on the ice at any point in time. I thought right? you were going to say Hossa. center. 
Because oh. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's I think the thing that could for for the Leafs. Um, Anthony Petrielli from Maple Leafs Hot Stove always talks about this. If they developed an, into a center option, it's the team is a totally different. It's a different team because you have four centers with Camp as the fourth center. But it doesn't matter because he's elite and he showed it tonight. So who cares? Yep, absolutely. Screw Just you, Anthony. Rapper. No, I love Anthony. <laughs> I, I love Anthony. I love the hot Just- stove. It's my favorite. Just to wrap up the game really quickly, um, you know, Nick Felino almost gets his 500th point, but Keith challenges it for an offside, and the offside was determined to be true. So it was taken away, and we do not miss you, Nick Felino. I don't miss you anyways. No, I thought that would... <laughs> as, in, as my guru says, John Lennon, instant karma is going to get you. I, yes. I laughed the whole time I laughed. I was, I'm still laughing about that. Just to right. th- look at it, look on his face. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Screw that guy. Yeah. After coming in with the fanfare and what, what the Leafs paid for him last year, it was, it, it kind of just brought the whole Felino story full circle, right? Kind of, kind of to a close to have something like that happen. He's, yeah, we've, uh, there's been lots of coverage on Nick Felino. He's a great person. He's he was a decent hockey player, but I don't usually say this publicly about Kyle. But that is a deal Kyle got fleeced on. Sadly, he really did. He truthfully oh, yes. did. He and he knows it too. He trust me. If anybody knows it, he knows Ooh. it. Yeah, that was not good. Obviously, one of those pages you want to burn out of the book. There, um, other deals, for example, Arizona, you kind of build that relationship with the team and, you know, have future prospects coming your way. But this specifically with Columbus, Nick Foligno, I thought, oh, this was not helping. I mean, you got to give the guy credit because he's a veteran in the league. He was the captain. We're we're always collecting captains. The Leafs love captains, right? But uh, unfortunately, I think personally this uh, Felino couldn't keep up with the talent on the team. The team was way too good to have a guy like him on it. And I think he's the type of guy who's used to playing kind of an older school hockey type and used to and he's the injured. kids. He was injured too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the kids yeah. around him do most of the heavy lifting and he comes to Leafs, realizes he needs to carry his own weight and he can't. So, but tonight, um, you know, I thought Boston had a chance to come back in the second and third. I mean, no goals in the second. It was kind of like, okay, guys, uh, if you want to win this, here's your chance now. But uh, Pierre Ingvall taking the opportunity on this empty netter. Uh, Nylander wide open at the same time looking for the Hattie because he's only had one. It was against the Bruins, of course. But Ingvall's like, uh-uh, I want 15 on the season, yo. <laughs> and scores it. Good for him. He should take it. He's had a Insert great giraffe noise here. <laughs> Marty. <sighs> oh, oh, that was good, Bean. <laughs> I hope I did you proud, Johnny. Do you want to give it a shot, Marty, or you don't want to uh, No, don't, do you know yourself? the gir- giraffe gift? Or... Oh, yeah. Just the chewing. <laughs> chewing. chewing noises. For those who can't see, he's just chewing on the cud. Yeah, Pierre Pierre's had a great year, so good for him. Fifteen. That's that's a huge win. His story, there is an article, I think, on the Athletic about him. It's old old, a couple years old. He's had a great he's a great story to path to the NHL. Just a incredible story that was fascinating to read about his uh 
seventh rounder to making it to the third line yeah. of the Leafs. Great, great story. Finishing. I think he's been brought up a couple of times on our show, Asta. Uh, maybe. Maybe <laughs> once or twice. But uh, yeah, tonight, though, he was finishing his checks. He was doing all of the right things at the right time and, you know, bumping guys off the puck. Just those simple little plays. Even Justin Hall tonight, I got to give him credit. Um, he had that play uh, protecting the puck there and just sent the brusque goal flying into the board. Yeah, that was but his was, good play. <laughs> yeah, that was the good play. He was his ass all at once, just boop, right in the boards, and did the brusque look hurt there, but obviously he rebounded with a power play goal later on. Because yeah, um, Hall made a, a really hilarious whiff to pass yeah. in the neutral zone in the second period, and I'm like, oh, man, that's classic. Somebody, If somebody makes a gif of that, that would be uh, viral. <laughs> Speaking Omar. of Hall, guys, Hall was doing the Michigan in warm-ups. They showed the the clip of that, and he did it. I was like, out of everyone on this damn team, Justin Hall is doing the Michigan during warm-up. He's a talented guy. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of the Michigan, I, I believe it was Camp in the Detroit game, late in the game behind the net. Who yes. Kind of looked like Bent down. The, that into the arena just gasped all at the same time. <laughs> like, are we really going to witness this? And from camp of all people not matthews not marner camp yeah you were there like (gasps) yeah oh that that was that was definitely interesting um and then for darty because i know he's gonna ask the deserve to win a meter oh god the the leafs only had a 36.7 percent chance really yep okay according to the deserve to win a meter in my opinion this meter is bullshit but take it away marty attempts yeah, that's yeah, it, it, shot it, attempts. So shot attempts, quality shots, and then they don't they don't even factor goaltending into it really. Yeah. Um, if you read read into how it works, it's based on average goaltending for both teams, and and goes from there. So the eight one game it's, it was it's, 50-50. Toronto had the edge fifty one percent. Yeah, because yeah. if you rewatch the game from the perspective with it, like erasing the goals from your memory somehow while you're watching it, we actually were were the better team for the first half. And then it just yeah. turned into a shit show. <laughs> Even though Boston out hit us 54-38, um, they scored on their only power play. I'm happy at the end of the day this, the Leafs scored on at least one power play. I thought this was a great opportunity for the second power play unit to clean it up and have, you know, just get those reps in. And even though there was a couple new guys on the rotation, I mean, you can't rely on your top four guys scoring all the goals on the power play. You need that sneaky snake or Spezza or anyone on the second unit to sink a couple throughout these next couple of series. Cause that's, what's going to push this team over the edge. Uh, Wayne Simmons actually said it um, today that he's a firm believer that a lot of series are won and lost on the depth guys and i completely completely agree um but that that being said leafs finish with 115 points on the season a plus 62 goal differential 54 21 and 7 first on the power play for the first time since the original six days and uh, face offs person face and the face off dot yes we slid in the pk dot. sadly we were fifth for a while and now i think we ended season ninth but still yeah really really good special teams oh seventh yeah seventh oh seventh that's oh that's better because we were ninth a couple days ago <laughs> so. so let's just get First. to some twitter questions here sorry i gotta move it along we're getting uh cut on time 
We have Mike at Mike the Fanatic. More of a comment. Are you in? Cannot wait until Monday. Of course, Mike. We are so in. We are 100% in. I cannot believe this is our last regular season game post-game podcast. I mean, time just fucking flew by and now we're here. Now it's playoffs. I'm so excited. Even though we are facing Tampa, the excitement is real. Let's go. That's my answer. Yes. Let's Bring go. it on. Got to beat the best to be the best. Bobby Gosh says, on the first goal against Shalgren, he loses sight of the puck. The defender sees it and tries to clear, but doesn't seem to say anything to Shalgren. Working on the goalie slash defense communication seems like something that can help. It it definitely could help, but you also have to, like, every guy's different, right? If you hear stories of people talking about different goaltenders that they've played with throughout the course of their career, some guys want you to talk to them. Some guys don't. Some guys want you to block shots. Some guys want you to get the hell out of the way. It's it's so different. And I haven't heard much on Shalgren. I don't know if if he's the kind of guy that says, no, just, just do you. Don't worry about me. Or it, it's tough to see, right? Or Because we're not in the dressing room even with the mics that pick up everything that they do. You don't normally hear a ton between goaltenders and, and their defense. I think there was a, a really good oh, go ahead. I was I would just say that Shalgren, in my opinion, I mean this is just the eye test, but he I think he won the backup job next year this season. I think Morazic will be traded. It's an easy trade to make. There's teams that need goaltending depth. He'll rebound somewhere else. It'll be totally fine for his career. But I think that Shalgren Shalgren Tonight proved like he's had some solid games since the eight one the the other previous game was saw he was solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's proven that he can be an NHL backup. So definitely, Swayman yeah. was Swayman was a fourth rounder. So and he was developed over time in the Boston system. So I think the thing with goalies and a guy like Shawgren, although that goal first goal was ugly. Um, He's the kind of guy that appears to have the mental aspect to play in a market like Toronto, which is, there's not very many people on earth that could do it. It's rare. Being being a goaltender, the majority of it is mental. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You know who, you know, uh, Beaner, your comment about goaltenders. I remember Eddie Belfour, I, in an interview, uh, Pat Quinn said he didn't like uh, people blocking his vision. He, so he didn't want people to make blocking the puck. Is that's so that's yep. kind of a throwback yeah. to Eddie the Eagle. Oh yeah, and, and I, like I listened, I've talked before. I listen to Sirius XM all the time, and Barnaby used to be on the power play with Steve Coolius, and he would talk a whole bunch about when he was with the Sabers and Hoshik was his goalie. And some of the stories is, is just hilarious hearing these legendary goalies and some of the stuff they did or didn't do, and the Hoshik just absolutely hated to be scored on and like his his sprawling saves that look so unorthodox and look like it's all luck and just throwing everything to get something on the puck there's actually math behind it and i I read a big article about how he he would only do that from a certain angle because if you laid the blocker on the ice and pushed out that way force the shooter to go up and then when you sprawl your body up over top like that it just it the percentage of chance that the puck is going to go in is just at like astronomically low so hmm. i'm big time nerd about stuff like that but that's cool so all the goalies are completely different right and it's so unique to hear and see how all the different quirks that make them work and make them play their best 
Next time, tune in for goalie lessons with Beaner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, listen. So, yep, go ahead. No, yeah. What's the question? Hit me. Hit me with it. (laughs) I would listen to the podcast about goalie lessons. I love that. I love the inside stuff. That's cool. Uh, Susie on Discord just says, thoughts on Leafs over Tampa. I think we covered it a little bit. We're super excited. Um, Matchups, you know, I've been saying it the last couple of weeks. I think Tampa's like our evil twin. They mimic us so much in every category. I mean, elite goaltending, the the, the core of amazing shooters. Um, We have the the heavy hitters on the fourth line. We have the sneaky third line who can also score. So I'm excited. I know you guys are excited. So just to move up on time, um, I'm just going to do a little round table with you guys. I have a couple questions here. I just want to know your thoughts on these. So this first question I actually pulled from Twitter because I really liked it and everyone will have a different opinion on it. So thank you, drag like pull. Um, In your opinion, guys, what is the minimum number of playoff rounds that the Leafs would need to win for you to consider this season as a success? That was not successful. Success. How about you? No. Okay, Beaner. Do do you want me to look at this as a fan, or do you want me to look at this as a, a, a neutral hockey observer who tries to tell himself that he's a historian whatever Um, you want (laughs) tell us every way paint us a picture like obviously everybody's gonna say well it's it's stanley cup or bust but it's it's got to be the hardest path to get anywhere Mm because we play the lightning we do match up fairly well against them um we're not going to break that down too much because we've done that a little bit already but you get done with the lightning and you play the winner of the Florida series. And let's just assume that's going to be Florida. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Washington Um, and four. Boom. But like, like nothing's going to be easy, right? Yeah. Uh, If all the teams in the East had a hundred plus points, when do you, when do you see that? You don't, it's, I would much rather it was back in the, in the, what was it, mid to late 80s when they had a couple years there where it was 1 versus 16? Well, yeah, <laughs> Didn't the, well, the Leafs got in on a losing record in 80, what is it, 82, 3, and 7. They made the playoffs yeah. in the 80s and people remember. They were better in the 80s than people remember, but yeah, no, it's totally true. There is no easy path here. Every team is elite. Yeah. I'm glad we don't get Pittsburgh. That's the team that I think it, we could, if we get through everyone, it could be Pittsburgh-Toronto. I think that's the team that's secretly everyone's afraid of because Crosby you can't you cannot forget about Sidney Crosby right Ovi so, is come on Ovi, now but Sidney Crosby is Sidney it's, Crosby it's gonna it's gonna be Carolina Toronto in the conference final and Frederick Anderson that that's how it's got to go down right it'd be yeah. a great it'd be a great story but I don't think Carolina beats Boston sorry Carolina fans but it's just <laughs> yeah, the way that it would is. Be ideal Boston is Boston secretly maybe the other team that I think is after Pittsburgh, probably the most underrated in the East. Yeah, it's, I think it's hard overrated. to put a number on this playoff round, you know, because we obviously have tr- trauma from the last five years that we would need to overcome as Leafs fans. Um, 
but at the same time, Leafs record-breaking season, first Leafs in history to score 60, almost two Leafs to have over 100 points, you know, all the other uh, records aside, 12 Leafs set career high in points, including Labushkin, who just joined the team, you know, later on in the year. I need to get to the second round. It just, like, obviously, like, it's the homerism in me. I need to get to the second round, but obviously this team had success, but this is what we're paying for. This is why we have the most expensive power play in the, in the, in the league, right? Like, yeah, no, we want to, we want to get to the conference finals at the very least. I think that's worse. I, I have a very Zen attitude towards the Leafs now. I'm just observing, but I, (laughs) which I love, I love it, but I don't, I'm not so emotionally invested that I'm going to feel trauma and pain like I did in years past. Yeah. So if they could just smart man, <laughs> if they can get past the first round, then we'll deal with that. If they get past the second round, then we'll deal with that. If they get to the finals, we'll deal with that. I would like for the sake of the burning down Gary Bettman's office for Here it to be Calgary, <laughs> Toronto in the, in the finals, because Canada will go insane. Absolutely. The ratings will, it'll be 20 million people viewing the every game Nobody in the United States will watch, and all of us can laugh our way to the pitchfork um, <laughs> fire-burning ceremony at <laughs> Gary Bettman's office. As you guys know, I'm not a fan of Gary Bettman. Nice. And I saw Donald Fair I'm, was fired or stepped down today, so I'm very happy about that, too. I'm, I'm a big fan of that take there, Marty. And uh, considering I never really gave you an answer, I'll say I'm, I'm going to go with Marty there. I'd like the conference final, but at even saying that even if we lost in the first round i don't think anybody management wise or coaching wise is going anywhere might so, be, might might be a hot take to some i have but. a player i think there will be a player who's traded and i will, I will talk about it i'm not going to talk about it publicly because i don't i don't want to shit on any of the players i think they're fantastic <laughs> yep but i do think Next one player co- will get traded if they don't Next make it out question of the so in your opinion is Sheldon Keefe eligible for the Jack Adams Award as best coach, yes, knowing that it. knowing that this is his first 82-game season? Yes, yes, he should win it. Yes. If he yes. doesn't win it, it's um, anti-Leaf bias. It's pr- proof. Fair. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's anti-Leaf bias. It's more so good team... Um, good team ig- ignorance. I don't know if that would be the right totally. wording. Like, everybody... Every coach of a good team never gets the benefit, or they kind of just get the, well, they have a good team. Look at who's on their team. Look at John Cooper. Oh, he's got Stamkos and Hedman and Kucherov. He just opens the door, and they go and play and score goals and goals and goals and get 60 wins a season. But it, it's not yeah, it's that easy. easy for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> don't, don't realize that it takes a lot to keep these players engaged. You don't, like, for the people that saying Keith has this great team, so he can't be that good of a coach. How hard is it to keep a 25 year old 60 goal scorer engaged in game 65 of the regular season when it appears he's on such a hot streak that it appears he can go out and score against anybody whenever he wants. How challenging, <laughs> not that I'm saying Matthews is that type of player, but think of it in a broader spectrum. How challenging would that be to keep that player focused on the end game, the bigger goal? Because if everything you're doing is going your way, we've all been kids before. Well, why do I have to do that? What I'm doing is working, right? It's it's almost 
more difficult to coach a good team, as silly as that might sound. Well, on the writer, I think the right you're right. The writers association assumes that if you have a team that punches up, it's the coach. And I think that what a lot of media, not Toronto media, or but maybe Canadian media forgets is that it, to win in Toronto, and this is kind of my whole mantra on Twitter, as you guys probably know, is I think that the reason it's so difficult to win in Toronto is because the, the, the spotlight's so so bright all the time. And so the fact that Keith has done it, he deserves at least a, a nomination because it's it's the hardest place to win. It's like New York, right? New York's really hard to win in for the same reason, whether it be the Yankees or the Rangers or whoever, but or the Jets <laughs> or, horrible, yeah. or the Knicks who are horrible. I, um, in winning in Toronto is really, really, really difficult. And Keith did it. Sorry, yeah. guys. Babcock couldn't do it. Carlisle couldn't do it. Wilson yeah. couldn't do it. They, those are all decent coaches before they coached the Leafs. And the guy who did it was Keith. So he should, he deserves a nomination at the very least. He won't, he won't win it. You and everybody knows that Sutter's going to win, but, um, yeah, but uh, I think I, I Keith, Keith should get it. You know, they showed this out on the broadcast tonight. He's, he's never not made the playoffs. He's always made the playoffs in every professional team that he has coached. This guy, like, I know he, this is his first 82 game season ever. We got screwed with COVID the last couple seasons out of our control, right? But in the AHL, he's only played 76 or coached 76 games. I was actually surprised to read this stat. And, um, Obviously, that deserves a nomination. I totally agree with you guys. Um, being the coach of a Leafs team is <laughs> who wants to do that? Honestly, <laughs> nobody could win. I mean, Pat uh, Pat Burns won the, the Jack Adams in '93. Quinn won it, I think, in '99 uh, for the yeah. Leafs. Um, but those teams actually were decent. The '93 team, everybody thinks of them as this big underdog, but they actually had more points than Detroit in round one. So, I think people thought Detroit was more difficult a task because Toronto had been so bad for so long then. So I think that's probably why Pat won it, but. Uh, so really it, quickly. What are you going to do? Give it to yeah. Keith. <laughs> so just last question, since we're ending this regular season, random question, it could be anything. If the Leafs were granted one wish, what would it be? It could be a rule change, something to improve on within their team, Anything besides winning, of course, that can't be the answer. But in your opinion, if the Leafs had one wish, which what would they want granted? Or in your view, what do they think they need moving forward into the playoffs? Health. Okay. So if Tavares getting injured in game one last year, I immediately yeah. I, I thought the game, the series was over. Right on. Like without him, the game the series is over. We don't have the depth. Yeah. I, I agree with that. How about you, Beaner? Um, November Jack Campbell for the next two months. Totally. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. Um, how about a uh, different playoff format? Imagine how that would turn out. But I do like chaos. Scene, baby. I like that. Yeah. Like, I love chaos. Um, my, <laughs> of course. <laughs> my big, my big idea for uh, changing the format a little bit is the, if you win the president's trophy, you get the first overall pick. Nice. And then they lottery. Yeah. Or, or if you you win the president's trophy, you should be able to choose your opponent in the first round. Yeah, they didn't they did they do that in the NFL now? Are they changed something along those lines? Or they did something like that? I think in the NFL for COVID. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, it's a great idea. 
Because if you win the president's trophy, it's the kiss of death, right? It it absolutely is. So, For the first time in NHL history, the Montreal Canadiens have clinched the 32nd spot in the league. 294 days after being in the Stanley Cup final. And tonight they got destroyed 10-2. Or sorry, Florida got destroyed by them, ten to two. Oh my God, hat trick for yeah. Cole Caulfield. Who the hell saw this coming? You know, I, I don't. I tell people this, and I'll be blunt. I'm not. Uh, I don't hate the Montreal Canadiens, and the reason I don't is I have a lot of friends who are Habs fans. I grew up in Northern Ontario. There's a lot of French Canadians, and I kind of have a soft spot for the rivalry, like the Batman versus Robin. You need or Joker. You need the Joker, otherwise you don't have Batman. If you don't nice. have Batman. Batman, you don't have the Joker. It's boring if Montreal's not good. So I've always kind of liked, admired their franchise from afar. Their fan, their fans are somewhat more respectful than Canucks fans by a fucking country mile. Um, and I've got <laughs> friend, close friends who are Habs fans. And I think that finishing last sucks, but we were there too. Getting Shane Wright will help the team be better, and then we can have the rivalry continue, and I think Carey Price is a class act guy and deserves the Masterton. He's gone through hell. so Absolutely. In other news, unfortunate news, Raptors lose game six, 132-97. to Philly had a amazing third quarter apparently on a 30 to 9 run um mbid though suffered a right orbital fracture and a mild concussion during game six no timetable for return but you know we always want the trifecta to win in toronto sports the jays the raps the leafs so now we just gotta root for our jays and 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 leaves and hopefully they can bring home something but the raptors future looks very bright spicy p wanted to make sure that uh joel mp didn't forget him that's for sure yeah. that was a <laughs> th- that was a nice little elbow let's put it that way i'm hopeful for the raps i'm a bit of a bandwagoner when it comes to basketball but i'm uh i've been learning a lot about basketball watching uh have you guys seen this of the lakers dynasty um HBO series. It's fantastic. Fan, best okay. best TV right now. Like if you haven't seen all the old stuff that everybody's seen, but this is new and kind of interesting and really well done. It's done by the same people who did um, the big short. So kind of stylistically okay. interesting film. Um, why, worth, worth so why is it that whenever Leafs go to a Raptors game, the Raptors lose? Oh God. I know. <laughs> I saw that. I'm like kiss of death. It's over. <laughs> Put them in the grave. <laughs> it's over. And in very recent news, the NHLPA announces that the executive board votes in favor of forming a search committee for a new executive director, but Donald Fair will remain during the search. So you mentioned it earlier, Marty. Um, it seems like good news for us fans coming later down the road in the league with some management changes that are very overdue. Oh, my God wondering what you guys it, thought about that it, it's very good news the fact that the report into the kyle beach investigation and to some of the things that were said and how the nhlpa handled that basically saying that donald fur had no responsibility in what happened is pardon my my language it's complete bullshit 
like he was the head of the players association. And if you, even if there's no proof, no proof whatsoever, you have to look into something like that. You can't claim it's a, a error of miscommunication. There, that there's no excuse for that. Absolutely none, especially with something this this yep. serious. Yeah, he, he looked bad, and I think the owners, somebody called players called him out, and he's done. And yep, he's he, he shouldn't be allowed to step down. He should be relieved of his duties. He's doing opinion, it in his but. his way, which is this is how he does it, right? I, I'm more powerful, so I'm just going to find my own replacement. But you know, it sends a signal. I think this this is a signal that things are changing finally. Yeah, that Kyle Beach story, yep. um, big. Kudos to Rick Westhead, man. Like journalism yeah. is absolutely great. Journalism Amazing is what job. changes uh, changes the world. I think it's important to have hundred um, percent journalists who and when, are able to investigate. And Rick Westhead did it. Katie Strang too. Yep, she's amazing. And when he first started to talk about everything that was going on, everybody else went away. Everybody's pens, everybody's keyboards, everything went quiet. Nobody talked about it. Rick was the only one doing it. And once the report itself became public, everybody was talking about it. And then when the the report came out about Donald Fur basically being granted that he wasn't responsible, yet again, nobody was talking about it. The only person that was talking about it was Rick. And it's it's almost scary. Like, is everybody else bought and paid for? I know the big conspiracy theory here. I'm filling in for Darty on that front. <laughs> but but it, it, it really makes you wonder. He, Rick, didn't hesitate whatsoever. Everything was out there for everybody to see. And it wasn't bullshit. It wasn't lies. He told it how it was, and that's how it needs to be. And a story like that needs to come out because... It wasn't just the negligence on the Blackhawks and the NHLPA in the league that caused a professional player to be hurt. It ended up hurting kids. Like he went and coached kids. And now my son's five. So not that he would be in a position to be abused like that at any point in the near future. But that's scary shit, man. When... You, you wouldn't think of it at the time, but the, their inability to do the right thing now affected and could have completely ruined multiple people's lives because mm-hmm. they couldn't do the right thing. And it's it's completely unacceptable. Sorry, rant over. No, <laughs> okay. I couldn't agree more. Right? I'm, I have two two small children and I, yeah, them growing up and having coaches in those situations, I, when the adults didn't do something about it, you know, I, I just wonder, I wonder about these people, these old school hockey men who have these ideas about what hockey is and what, how the code works. And Mm -hmm. I don't live in that world. I don't live in the hockey world. I've never played professional hockey myself. I'm just a huge fan, but I, I just don't understand that perspective. And to me, it's, it's an ugly look and losing Donald Fair is the beginning of the end. Gary Bettman doesn't know it yet. I don't really think he does, um, but change is, change is coming. Big change. And yeah, I applaud Kyle, like Kyle Dubas and Brennan, probably more so Brennan Shanahan, the organizational change that they've implemented with the um, supporting girls hockey and 
diversity programs in the GTA and setting an example for the league is, man, it's just so inspiring. And I'm really happy that I cheer for the Leafs now instead of in the 80s and the 70s when that asshole had an abuser in the, <laughs> in the, in the building um, and hit it just like Donald Fair. So it's easier, it's easier to be a fan of the Leafs right now and be proud of the organization. That's why when I say, do I care if they like where they go in the playoffs? I do, but at the end of the day, it's easy to be proud of the team because they're, they actually take change seriously and they want to be a part of it, be a part of voice. And so uh, hopefully Brendan Shanahan goes down to the NHL head office and kicks the shit out of Batman too, because he's probably that kind of guy. Good old whippy boy. Yes. (laughs) Well, um, I know we're a little short on time. You know, this has been really great, Marty. I bet we can talk all night about different things around the league. I mean, we didn't even touch half the stuff I have planned because this has been so great. But you apparently might be releasing a little surprise on here or what's 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 the deal? Yeah. So drum roll. Um, A while back. uh... Do you have a... Oh no! That's hey, a drum joke. that's hilarious. That's a drum joke. This is oh, drum here we go. Roll. Here we go. So I have a new song coming out, and it's whoop coming whoop out whoop for whoop. game one. And yeah, thanks Yay! guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, so um, I'm putting it on, I'm releasing it on Bandcamp. So that'll be, be oh. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Oh no, Sorry. please. We're so excited, please. Marty. Keep going. We're so excited. More. Needed the encore of the class. I'd like to thank the the academy. No, um, yeah, it's, the song's called Out of Control. And I actually put an open call out to some friends on Twitter, hockey Twitter. And I met some, maybe you know, Polly Krupe and his dad, yes. Nono. They sing on the song. And Doug Doucette, wow. uh, Deuce Doucette, as he goes by, from Sudbury, okay. Ontario. Good Sudbury boy. He, um, he helped me out with some lyrics. And yeah, so I've had... Uh, lots of help with the track and it's about hockey and it's about bonding over hockey and it's a good kind of 90s weezery weaker than zish rock song so i'm putting that out what's the name of the song again out of control oh hey there it is (laughs) yeah so uh look look for that yeah, and that is our code word for our Austin Matthews jersey giveaway. I just took that right from you, Marty. I hope you don't mind. That's but awesome. Out of control. And here, oh, you you want to... <laughs> and yes, for all the people who listen to this podcast right now, if they want a free copy of the track, Ooh. Uh, what what do they have to do to uh, enter the contest for the, for the Austin Matthews have- jersey? Yes, all you have to do is submit the code word to any one of us from the Leafs Late Night Podcast and we will enter you for one draw for the jersey. And if you share the episode, that grants you another entry. And if you rate and review our show, that is another entry. So right now there are five code words floating around out there. Lots of chances to win. Send them in. We will announce the winner live after playoff game number one against Tampa Monday. So well, anybody who exciting. enters from now till Monday night after the game will get a free copy of the song. High res wave file. Yes, <laughs> Queen. Thank you, Marty. 
<laughs> no, that's awesome. That's that's really exciting news. Um, everyone, honestly, uh, Marty Zeltra, follow him on literally everywhere. It's Marty except Z- in real life. Yeah, except in real <laughs> life. Uh, don't don't go out west and stalk him, please. But it's Marty Z Y L S T R A, and he has a Leafs account at TML. TML fan in van. You can find him on Twitter and Insta. Definitely check out his music everywhere. Bandcamp, YouTube, where else? Spotify. Where can we find you, Marty? Yeah, it's my website. You know, wherever you wherever you want. Oh, yeah. No, I'd love to connect, and I'm I'm really lucky that I have meet so many cool Toronto Maple Leaf fans and hockey fans. Very, I like the respectful ones. I like the ones that even block me, and then I go to my other account and <laughs> troll them from my other account and say, hey, why'd you block me? No, I don't do that, Justin Bourne. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, nice. but no, I really I really appreciate the people I've met on, on Leafs Twitter because it's been, it's been great. And you guys yeah. are included Fun in Fun fact, uh, we met Beaner on Leafs Twitter, and he's joined our show. So it's just this amazing community that I thought did not exist before I – you know, actually started using my Twitter again after so many years. <laughs> and I'm so happy to find so many great people, even Polly, like you mentioned, uh, we actually had one of his songs on our show. And we we also met Darty through Instagram. So it's been great. But uh, I'd, m- yes. maybe I'd be uh, kind of letting the cat out of the bag with Polly, but I actually worked on a new track of his that's going to be coming out soon with him. So nice. Yeah. It's- Stay tuned for that. Talented kid. Uh, Follow Beaner on Twitter because uh, he needs some love at (laughs) jbean25. You got to follow me back, dude. Oh, see? What the hell? I did. Join our Discord. Join our Discord. It's full of fun game chat, uh, life chat, all the fun pets, weather, everything above. Um, Steph the Fanalist here. Leafs Late Lent here. Last game of the regular season. Oh my God, I can't believe we've gone this far. And we're out. Go Leafs go. Thanks, Marty. Yes, go Leafs go. Thanks for coming on. And let's see if this... Yeah. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Corey Perry's going down. That's right.